listening to The Charge Hogwarts. You're listening to the Chart Talkers Music Loving Podcast. We rank things and stuff. Hey, listen, it's season five. We've had a great old time ranking the albums of Coldplay. It's been me, Evan Soddy. It's been co-host Taryn O'Reilly. It has been special guest Mitchell Harvick. Find him on the internet at Mitchcast to learn more about his pop music aficionado isms. And most importantly, though, uh, we are going to talk about Coldplay. It's the Happy Hour Minnesota. It's free for all. We can kind of do whatever the heck we want to talk about. But there's one that we talk about at the start of every Happy Hour Minnesota, which is guys. What is the worst Coldplay song? Uh, <laughs> Fix You? <laughs> uh, ah. well, controversial yet brave. Oh, yeah. uh, I yeah. never liked that I song. I never liked that I mean, song. it kind of kicks in at the end. I, yes, I think but the, the fast part saves it. Yeah, but really, I honestly never understood generational why anthem. people really li- I mean it's tears really stream I mean that's that down we talked about this with the but the and like stadium they like when people like Millennial Whoa like yeah. having everyone sing along it's the perfect one to do that so totally. there are better songs for them to do that with but I really hate Fix You wow. even like at the beginning it was the song that I skipped I personally would probably, maybe maybe shockingly, I would go with Fun off of fucking uh, wow. Handful of Dreams, because it's just so... Oh, that's so, the Toblo one, right? Yeah. The Toblo one. Oh, yeah. I, and I don't blame you for that. It's not, I don't hate it quite that much. It's not um, Everglow. Yeah, my worst is Everglow, probably, also off of Headful of Dreams. Um, Jeez, I wonder why we ranked it so fucking Now, which one, I don't know which one's, or honestly, which one's Everglow. It's just, I. it's it's a do, ballad. Do, 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 do. Okay. Yeah. Do, do, do. Uh, right, so not only is it, like, first of all, that, that intro, that piano hook, whatever, that yeah. they're trying to pull the song together with. And you, you, it, it's the vocal melody, too. Yeah. I've heard it before. I couldn't tell you where... But it sounds like a bad song that I've heard before, and this is also one of the songs, one of the, one of the most egregious examples of him like uh, scream singing. Um. When I go, go, and that okay. like when he goes, ah, it's it's rough. It is okay. Rough. Yeah, yeah, I hate this song yeah. too. Like yeah, I. Because when I listen to albums, I'm not always like looking at like the track list to know what it is. It all just flows. So that's why I have right. to do that. So I sing it for you, and, and you're like, like, "Oh right, that yeah, one, that yeah. one is it's it's, uh, it's, it's so pedestrian. It's really yeah. right, and that's the thing. Also, on this fucking, this is your big like happy pop record, and your third song is that piece of turd. Like, it's just it's yeah, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. Well, also two. though, I think X marks the spot. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. off of Headful of Dreams is. A, a the contender. Goes boom, ba- that, boom, see, boom. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Speaking of bad lyrics, <laughs> which he then does on Orphans again. Uh, for some reason, it seemed less egregious there. I know. Maybe because Orphans is just a better song. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. But it is better. Yeah, it is. It's true. Yeah. Uh, we can say that about so many Coldplay songs. Uh, but hey, listen, they've obviously been through a lot of different things. We've seen them do a lot of different iterations. Um, I think we need to talk about some of Chris Martin's collabos. I think is probably worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he decided to consciously uncouple from quality songwriting. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like... Uh, <laughs> 
I think obviously first off there's of course his Jay Z collaboration which I can't recall at the top of my head but most importantly uh, Homecoming off of uh, Graduation. I remember hearing that and be like, who is that? Who is singing? Like I know that voice. I know. And then I was like, wait, what? It came. Like I really honestly I really like him vocally. Like I think he's like. Like yeah, sometimes it's, it can yeah, be it's a But he, he yeah. has like it, it's different from other people. Like I don't know. Like it's very distinctive. Yeah. You know. Like and he yeah, he doesn't like it's not like an annoying tenor kind of thing. Like always right. here. He sounds the best when he sticks to his uh, power baritone. Mm-hmm. Right? So you really hear a lot of baritone, and so I think when you kind of get that, it's nice. And I actually think that's like honestly, like Kanye song is one of the like, vocally he's like, like the coming best. home good. Yeah, yeah that sounds low. so good. Yeah, that's exactly. Low. Yeah, and it complements the song extremely well. Mm-hmm. I also found out uh, today we were doing some research too. He had written for. Uh, Nelly Furtado. Oh! Yeah, um, All Good Things Come to the End off of Loose. It's oh. one of the album tracks. But I absolutely, as soon as I was like, oh, of course he did. He also did a song for Dua Lipa's debut album, which I'm blanking on the name of. Right, I thought it also had Home or Midnight or something like that. I can't remember. But yeah, it was. he did another one off of it's, her debut. It's a, it's a ballad. Yeah. It's a piano ballad. But he does harmony vocals, and they their uh, vocal timbers work really well together. Ooh. They yeah. sound really good together. And that that's also one, now that I am a bigger, even a, an even bigger fan of Dua Lipa, and I would call myself a Coldplay fan fan at this point, mm-hmm. um... That that was a really good find. That's really cool. Yeah, and of course, let's not forget uh, something just like this with the chain smokers, of course. Okay, so what, here's what I say. <laughs> here's what I will say about something just like this: Are the chain smokers awful? Yes, yes. objectively. Um, is this one of Chris Martin's worst lyrical outings? Yes. Achilles and his gold. Uh, uh. Well, because it's, it's, it's like... I didn't realize he wrote it. I thought, he says Achilles, Achilles, Achilles and his famous thing for... I thought Chainsmokers wrote it, so... Yeah. No, I'm pretty it. sure Chris Martin... Because he also wrote his own lyrics for the Avicii song, well, too. It's it not, that he did. It's not featuring Coldplay. It's it's featuring Chainsmokers and Coldplay. Oh, and Coldplay. Yeah. So this was, a, this was a team effort, which is also why the best part of something just like this is at the end... When the the bam, 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 bam is happening, but then uh, Johnny, Johnny Buckland comes in and is playing guitar over it, and then I'm like, okay, this is, like, that's great. Yeah. But it also has like some of his dumbest lyrics and like. I feel like when you're working with the chain smokers, they're not going to get the best out of you. Well, sure, sure. But it's also yeah. I mean, it's just we it's, can't a, it's all a gimme gimme. Roses. I, I completely understand why it was a hit. Yeah, it's I mean, just, yeah, it's the most easy, accessible. Right. It, it has the drop. It was Sky Full of Stars Part Two. Basically, I mean, at that point, and the thing is, the, the fact that they are still relevant. I mean, honestly, same thing happened with Bastille when they did their fucking Marshmallow song, Happier. Oh That's, yeah. You know, yeah. And then they went to number two in the U.S. with that, which still blows my goddamn mind. Makes me happy because I love Bastille. I know we, I yeah, we, inter- I interviewed Bastille. Taryn stepped on Dan Smith's foot when we did that. You have to uh, mention that every time. <laughs> it's funny story, but they were also very super nice. No, they too. were really nice. It was, was also just weird. It was one of those things where, like, I've had a career of interviewing people. It's still always weird every time. Like, yeah, come to this VIP area, come to this place, and hang out with the people, and get. Oh, it's just always so weird. It's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. But anyways, let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, our our next episode may or may not be uh, Ben Folds. Uh, I interviewed him backstage, too. And he was, uh, he told me about the time he was the number one trending thing on Google. But we're not talking about Ben Folds. That's next week. No, we're talking about Coldplay. Let's let's also talk about, um, like, 
B-sides and that sort of thing because they have a couple really good ones. Mm -hmm. um, I first want to mention Atlas off of, I forget which one, Hunger one of the Games Hunger Games I think it yeah. might have been Catching Fire. I but, think that's what it is. But really solid song. Could have easily been on one of their albums. Kind of surprised it wasn't, yeah. frankly. Because it came out, well, I guess it, it came out in 2013 and it doesn't really fit on Ghost Stories. Right. Or oh, Handful of Dreams. Maybe it, one that fell off of Milo. I, that's actually, it might have been a Milo, mm -hmm. a Milo cut, for sure. Um, but they also, early career, like especially for Rush of Blood and X and Y, every single single had two b-sides mm -hmm. so there's like a lot of a really good ones right i am and then, Bloom, yeah one i love yeah mm -hmm. uh there's one called i think it's rainy day yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's off of process march right oh yes it's off of Prospect yeah. march yeah that one's really good i also really like um lost remix with jay-z yeah, less so. Um, <laughs> now my feet won't touch the ground. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is, I think, the off of Clocks. I think you're right. Um, and then the Talk EP also has a, a surprisingly couple of, like, decent Both songs. of those songs are like really solid, and I and you're and like, why weren't they? I'm on like, like literally, literally, one of them is called. <laughs> no, I'm blinking on that too. It's like Sunbeam or something like that. Um, but that one's also really solid. Yeah. I also wanted to mention, we sort of skipped over this, but I really like Off of Everyday Life, the intro, Sunrise. Mm -hmm. Just that violin. That's it. That's why yeah. the, the whole album is a vibe. Right. Uh, the, also, fun fact about that, they've been using the same violinist to do all of their string arrangements since Viva La Vida. Oh. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. I feel like that is something Coldplay would very much do. They're like... They're like, oh, we like you. We'll keep you yeah. around. And then, honestly, I really enjoyed watching the documentary about them. Like, it was... I kind of... I feel like... Again, oh, we yeah, feel so like, let's talk about that. Because I feel like we... We, as a collective, is like a world, whatever. Their view on Coldplay is kind of like... The Chris like, Martin a, like Yeah, like... Or just like a methness to it. Totally. Yeah. And so, watching it, like, I love seeing the creative process. I love seeing... Because we thought it was like, yeah, Chris Martin show, but really, this is the band, it's like, driving together. democracy. Well, and that's, you know, Chris Martin has talked about on early records, um, you know, he sort of usually would bring the beginnings of a song to the band and then they would help flesh it out together. And then starting with Ghost Stories, there was a lot more of guy would come in with a good a bass riff or um, like, you know, obviously we know Adventure of a Lifetime had Full of Dreams that started as Johnny Buckland mm -hmm. on like figuring yeah. out a riff on his guitar. Um, or wasn't it like how he came with like they were working on Adventure of Lifetime and it wasn't quite working and then he came in with it and it was like there it is. But it was slower and then yeah. they're just like no, speed it up. Double time. Like, yeah, Double yeah, yeah. And they're, and they're yeah. like boom, that's, that's what we were looking for. That's what the song needed. And I think that's so interesting because again we because he is like the pretty boy you know like he's the yeah. lead singer so he's the one in the magazine covers you mm -hmm. know and so we always think it's him but i just love really kind of seeing the humbleness of the, actually the whole group they're all these like really passive like personalities totally, totally. who are working together and creating this and it's also just for them making this huge music you know like right. such huge sound um so it was really kind of cool to see their process and how 
how they put the set list. They, not the set list, but like the um, the album. The album, album, album right. That means they also all voted to include Everglow, which is kind of unforgivable on my end. Uh, but also, as was pointed out, there's another thing. One of his biggest inspirations, of course, is Bono from U2. Mm-hmm. Not only for his musical works, but also for his philanthropic efforts as well. And to the point where you know Chris wants to do that, like ten percent of everything he writes is always going to a charity of some sort, regardless. To the, but it's also to the point where he imitates Bono so much that he apparently has earned the next name of Prano because it's Chris Martin Bono. And I'm just like. That is, is this the real? shittiest nickname <laughs> is this I, mean, real? I have it's a, ever It's a quote fucking... from Wikipedia. So we can we only didn't take it so check far. the source. Right. However, I believe it. I think they're famous enough that the mods probably like check their yeah. articles. <laughs> yeah. Also, apparently, Milo Zyloto has a story. To oh it. yeah. Yeah. Milo Zyloto has a six-part comic book series that accompanies it, following Milo, Milo, who is a silencer. And Xyloto, who's a sparker, and sound and color are both illegal, according to major the, minor, the major, yeah, major minus, the evil, like, you know, and, I'm just and, like... and oh, and the the government, the government agency, I forget what it's called, but it the it stands for calm. It's like chromatic and acoustic yeah. level management. And, and and so there's this whole story that apparently goes on with Milo Zaloto that literally you listen to it and you're like, no. Where did this come from? I don't get that shit. I didn't get any of that. <laughs> I didn't realize we were telling like a post-apocalyptic story. Oh, also the worst part is Milo <laughs> discovers his power by touching some magic graffiti. Oh, right. And that's right. why that's why all of the album art is all graffiti. Oh, that right. makes me so sad. And but as you know, every teardrop is a wow, wow, wow. Uh, and of course, he found, of course, found the riff for that after watching uh, that same song being used at the end of the uh, Inaratu film "Beautiful" with uh, Javier Bardem. Because he watched that, he's just like, "Oh, that'll be great." Really? Song. Yeah, that's how he found. That's how he found the sample that they used the basis for the riff of uh, "Every Teardrop Is a Waterfall." Oh, for. The, wow! Yeah, really? yeah. Oh. So yeah, they they pull shit from all over the place. But let's also talk about, of course, uh, speaking of unforgivable sins, their Super Bowl halftime show. I don't think it's an unforgivable sin. I think watching it today, I did not. It was better than I recall. However, <laughs> I think that as as the nicest men in rock, I I think that they um, it was a mistake. To allow themselves to be shown up so hard at their so own hard. Super Bowl. Like, I understand why they did it. It was the 50th year. They were celebrating past shows, so they brought back two very successful ones of Beyonce and Bruno Mars. And Bruno Mars. But they are both such... Str- I mean, they're both dancers who had backup dancers. And when you're Coldplay... You're, you, what, no matter what beautiful rainbow spectacle you're bringing, you aren't that, and you aren't going to be able to stand up to that. And I, I especially because we all commented, he sounded so out of breath the <laughs> whole the time. Because he just wouldn't stop fucking jumping. jumping. Like, he, he literally couldn't even sing some of the words. It was like, <laughs> and then And then you get Beyonce up there, who is, vocals. like, Full on bringing it and producing sound perfectly, you know. I guess for me, I I think the producers knew what they had with Coldplay. Mm-hmm. Um, Coldplay, as we, as we see, they are good in a stadium, and I feel like with the songs that they with their collection of songs, they could like play for amping up an audience is not as large. So I think, and again, having it be the fiftieth, 
I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's the worst. I don't think it's the best. I just remember when I was watch the You're day so the day I was watching it. I guess because I am literally one of my divas is Beyonce, so to have her come back and do this, and literally once formation started, I was losing my shit. Well, right, and it's literally flawless. So um, I don't know. I and then then together at the end, I felt really worked. So I just think it's a solid halftime. There's so much worse out there, halftime show-wise. I thought they did their songs that we all knew and sang along to. It was it was very much a Coldplay. The thing that was weird about it to me, though, was, okay, so Coldplay's your halftime show, but we only actually end up hearing four Coldplay songs. Yeah. Like, that was very strange to me. That's true. I feel like, but they were thinking of preaching a theme of unity, as in we got to get got to get together right now. Mm-hmm. And also, uh-huh. the very end, I'm sure you saw everyone in the stand turning their signs over to spell out, believe in love. I didn't believe in it prior, but oh. then when I saw that the halftime show, I'm just like... They got mm. a point. And so that's you know, that's why you got that's why you know getting married. Yeah, because of the Coldplay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. I didn't believe in the love because you weren't. So you opened your heart up, and then yeah, and then he came into your life. To get and, right, right, and now. I, you know, because every teardrop is a waterfall, <laughs> and uh, you know, I was having some trouble keeping my feet on the ground. Yeah, so. Exactly. Also, I, he looks like a bird, so I feel like that's just kind of... <laughs> and you saw him up, up and up in the sky. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, either way. Up listen. with the birds. Yeah. Birds. Birds, birds, birds. Sky, stars. Sky full of stars. Heart. Midnight. Oh my god, I listen. I'm, he might listen to it and I don't really care. Let me just tell you, the first time I ever DJed a wedding, uh, it was for this one very, very nice guy who was heavy into EDM and his wife was very much not into EDM. Ooh, that's hard to so put the thing is, I had, I, together. I had to listen like, and so for the actual like list itself, like we went through a lot of songs, I like mixtaped, I mixed some things up to make people happy. That's how a good, you know, wedding DJ should work. Put on the EDM songs at the end, so the nice, EDM bros. Most smart, of the smart. older crowd had left already. Yeah. yeah, but the compromise for their first dance was Sky Full of Stars by Coldplay. That was the one. I don't Coldplay hate that. Meets yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind that song on its own in the context of the album it's on. Weird as fuck, but I remember being surprised. I was like, I totally didn't realize that song was on, on there, so. Yeah. Fun. It just seems like a weird... Weird first dance. Yeah, it's a weird first dance song, though. Yeah, <laughs> definitely well, weird first. They're dance. still married. They're still working. But then years we later. also had a non-traditional first dance. Yeah, so. but we also had a we also had a dance uh, flash mob. True. So you know it was it was good. I'm just saying our wedding was lit, guys. That was all you need to know. Sorry, Chris Barney went to the with your quiet private ceremony. Uh, <laughs> ours was much better. Also, they had two kids together. That's just crazy. Apple. Apple. And... I don't know. Jaden. I don't know. <laughs> Willow. <laughs> Uh, fun fact: Apple actually sings on oh, yeah. Everyday Life. I as, forget which song. As does uh, Gwyneth, right? Well, Gwen- Gwyneth, Gwyneth sings, sings on, on Everglow. Gwyneth off sings of... on Everglow. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. After after they divorce, after very yeah, nice post conscious uncoupling. So yeah. it's good. I, I honestly, when I hear like it, like it's they're so cordial and everything because a lot of times with Hollywood like you know like celebrities usually it's a bitter hand so honestly that's great it probably was just that he tends to go on 18 month tours which is I mean it's a train that could be a problem when you're trying to 
raise children. Yeah. yeah. Like, when she does a movie shoot, she might be gone for, like, two or three months, you know, mm-hmm. some, maybe longer, depending on the project. Depending on the project. But also, she's been picking a lot of lower-key things, like when she's Pepper Potts in an Iron Man or Avengers movie, it's usually, like, a week, you know, maybe two weeks. She's also knows. technically filming three separate movies, yeah. because right. she doesn't know... She didn't know which, which she was even what filming scene. for. Yeah. She didn't know she was in Spider-Man Homecoming. She thought that was for Infinity War. Yeah. She for had me, no idea... For me, I thought that, honestly, genuinely, I thought they would last a lot longer. So when I heard that they were breaking up, I saw that news, and I just went, goop! And I uh, ordered a lot of stuff from Goop. All uh, right. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so listen, uh, all I can say, any other things you want to bring up, uh, Mitch? Any other stories? Any member- remembrances? Um, well, we were talking about, because we were saying we saving it for the pod, I found out that Jacob Collier worked with them a lot uh-huh. on oh, Everyday right. Life. Well, well, and I just went, and he's yeah. someone uh, he's actually he's not Australian. Oh. He's uh, like British. He's British. Okay. Anyways, um, I just recently discovered him like a year or two ago and I have just I just think he's brilliant. Like I might not like every song but I just think musically you know, he's like in a Sufjan way where he, when he records an album, he's playing every instrument. He's yeah. doing all the harmonies and stuff. Like he literally it's all him. I just think like having an artist like that who's uh, also, like embracing like jazz, which is not really a big thing to do, and he's kind of putting it mainstream. I think it's pretty brilliant. And it's like when I found out the songs that he helped with, I'm like, oh, I now clearly can tell that he like had his hand in it in a little bit of way. Mm-hmm. So I think he's great. So I think he's, and also people love working with him. That's like it's weird ass people on the songs. Also, Will Campion was uh, an actor in the Red Wedding episode of Game of Thrones. I did know that. Yeah, he was a part of the band. I just also wanted to quickly throughout because they have a bunch of weird little moments where they get really famous people to do like the smallest thing possible on a song like for example a a big example is the underutilization of beyonce on him for the weekend Mm -hmm. but they also for example um is credited with extra magic on always in my head and oh on ghost stories um and then they have extra magic uh which which song does Timbaland play drums on? Oh, that is uh, True Love uh, off of uh, off of uh, Ghost Stories. Which also, for the record, I'm not sure if we mentioned it, has the worst guitar solo of all time. Oh my god. Holy yes. shit. Oh, we didn't talk about it. Yeah. It literally is like, did you detune your guitar on purpose to Which play this fucking... It? So that's the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Remember Ghost Stories, every song yeah. sounds the same yeah. to me. Yeah. So but the, well, the guitar solo literally sounds like... Like, it's like that bad. Yeah. You know what we did watch today? We watched the music video for True Love, which was kind of offensive. Oh, no. Was, was Timbaland in there? No. No. But there were, they were wearing, so... Chris Martin. The, Chris Martin and these two, and this model, were both wearing these, like, blow-up fat suits, like, inflatable, and then they were, like, being treated like second-class citizens. Like, that's the plot of the video, is that they, like, she shows up to an audition, and they take one look at her, and they're like, no thank you. And, like, he's the janitor at a ballet studio, and, like, everyone judges him because he's wearing this big inflatable fat suit. And then he and the model, like, meet each other, and then they do a performance at the end. And it's like, I'm offended. (laughs) Why? First of all, okay, so you wanted to do representation, but you didn't, though, because you cast this, like, gorgeous model to play the other person. Like, I get that Chris Martin wanted to play the role and, like, didn't want to do a fat suit fat suit. But, like, you could have cast it. So Maybe bad. at least someone, like, 
curvy right. in the other role. Like that, I I mean, they're not really known uh, for their music videos. I was about to say that too. Like, genuinely, like Yellow is iconic, and then Scientist is really good. So you say that, except they have four music videos with over a billion views. So okay. I don't really think we can say they're not known for their videos. I mean, yeah, because but are they watching the videos or are they listening to the songs via YouTube? That's the because that, that's the thing. Like the thing, the music video about. for him for the weekend isn't like. Especially like, if you have, but no, the music video is the best part of that song. Right, it's way better than the song. Yeah, the music video is gorgeous. They shot yeah. it on location in India, uh-huh. so it's like stunningly beautiful. And, and I love the music video for uh, something just like this. Isn't it just literally a lyric video? Yes. Okay. Well, and that's what I'm saying is that like they have songs that are like very popular, but it's not necessarily because of. The visuals. Okay, as the, fine. But like, legitimately, like, because the thing is, with that uh, yellow was beautiful of him just kind of walking along the beach in slow motion as the sun was rising. Like, there's something weirdly effective about that. But for the rest of their legacy, I'm just kind of like. Yeah. I remember the scientist. That's just because the whole things in like reverse. It's like, like reverse and yeah. like, looks like yeah. a one shot. That, that was, was a really lovely. cool video. Yeah. So I, my question, completely different topic yes. now. So we did. We said it worse, and it'd be easy to talk about what we our favorite is. However. How about what is a song that we should, for someone who may not be a fan of Coldplay, that's not one of like their singles, would you suggest they listen to to maybe have them like do that turnaround? Do that that turnaround. I would. I it's an outlier, but I would say anyone who gives an honest shot to Midnight, uh, I think there's so much artistry and beauty there that it almost kind of like gives away to like okay maybe you can appreciate the rest of their discography. Personally, we so we mentioned it, and that's I I would almost say. Remind me of one. Well, I would no, <laughs> I would say major minus. Uh-huh. Cause I mean, which is sort of not fair, cause it's it's really an outlier. They have other songs that rock, but not really that rock like that. Uh-huh. But that's definitely one where I feel like you could play that for someone who has a certain opinion of Radiohead and just be like, okay, but they also can do this and mm-hmm. change their mind a little bit and maybe open them up to exploring a little bit more. How about you, Mitch? I'm looking, I mean, was Shiver one of their singles? Yeah, yes. Was it? Yeah, it was a huge hit in the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that for me, like, I remember, like, not, like, Russia Blood was a bigger deal in the US than, than uh, Parachutes, but, like, I kind of caught on her. But I would, for me, I would say Shiver is one. I think that's a fair answer. But also, I don't like, think Green Eyes, too, I think, mm-hmm. is another. Yeah. Just, like, a really kind of... Even though, yeah, it just, like, it's a, such a sweet... And, like, it still kind of gets the Coldplayness in there. Um, but, yeah, I would, like, for me, be Shiver or Green Eyes. Also, if I was trying to tell someone to, like, check out Everyday Life, because I do really think that for, like, fans of music, it's worth hearing. Mm-hmm. Because it is such a not Coldplay album. It's, like... Again, that's a, that's a way to sort of like maybe open your opinion of Coldplay a little bit. Mm-hmm. I would play them arabesque mm-hmm. because I think that it really is a different side of them. I really I really enjoyed listening to Everyday Life. Surprisingly, of of their albums, that's the one I was like least most surprised by. Yeah. Most surprised, but also like I knew like knew least about. Like sure. had no connection. Well, um, didn't have a hit. Didn't have a hit, and so like I because. Yeah, they were on, like, SNL, and they kind of did, like, their two, like, 
most upbeat songs. And I was like, okay. Didn't really like, kind of latch into it, but I feel like as a whole, it's an album with those songs on it. It all just kind of works. It all just kind of flows. Maybe it's not as successful, but like, like I said, but just like, I love that they tried something different. They tried something new. Totally. It was like an experiment without it being like super experimenty, you know, like, yeah. like it's still Coldplay. So I still got to see who they were, but mm-hmm. like, wasn't like, what the fuck did you do? But yeah, I think that is one I would like, yeah, definitely like, you know what, just... Give it a try. Just listen. You might not like it, but... It's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. I would say I would like to close on one final question, and I want to direct it towards Taryn. But genuinely, I, I need to know, would you argue yes or no that Don't Panic is the best song off of the Garden State soundtrack? Oh, off the Ooh. Garden State soundtrack. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, that, I know for sure that like none of the Shin songs are the best. Yeah. That soundtrack is kind of stacked. Um, yeah, that's that's really hard. Like, that's hard. Let go by Fru Fru mm-hmm. is a truly formative song for me off of it, that formative yes. record. Ooh. I would say that's up there. I would say even though it was much older, um, "Only Living Boy in New York" mm-hmm. by Simon and Garfunkel mm-hmm. is a contender for best song on there. I would say the acoustic Colin Hayes number. I just oh, don't yeah. think I'll ever get over you. Like, depending on the day, that could win. I think the Nick Drake song on there, like, that's a really but hard then, question. Zero Seven, they had their oh song Oh my god, on there. yeah, in the waiting line. Like, how do I pick? I, for I... me, mine, I would just, I think also, because I have, I have not watched the movie since college, which I'll keep it there, because I yep, know it's I not going to be good. I'm going to keep idea. it there. Yeah. Um, but, like, with Let Go, like, Let Go, and then having her come up on, like, the like the uh, escalator. Yes. Like, there's just something about how it all works that, like, it does have that part. Well, and then, like, in the movie, the editing is kind of genius because then when it, it cuts away from him and goes back to her in the phone booth, mm-hmm. um, it goes back to the beginning of the song, the instrumentals. So, like, so. he really, like, knew what he had there and used it. That, yeah. yeah. I will I never say, watch it again because it has that special... Because I was in college, I love this movie. Same with Donnie Darko. I'm never going to rewatch it. It has a special place in time. Mm-hmm. But I would say Let Go is the best song off that, off that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I think I would too. Okay. Well, now we know it. Sorry, Coldplay, you suck. You don't win the Garden State Wars. <laughs> uh, most importantly, though, I want to say I'm glad we had this discussion. And Mitch, again, thank you so much for being here. I'm glad you took part in this. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. I had a blast. Because I, I have been such a fan with Coldplay. I did step back. Uh, so this is one there's a, quite a few like high school college bands I love 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 but as you kind of grow you just somehow kind of get pushed Distance, aside yeah. so to kind of come back and relive a lot of those songs mm-hmm. and the albums and then discover, discovering something like with everyday life which was kind of a pleasant surprise like has been a pleasure well and this was definitely one for me where you know I, I have been a fan of them there have always been songs that I liked um, you know I loved Viva La Vida when it came out but then uh, throughout the other the later four i sort of like heard the singles and wasn't impressed and then never checked it out why would you and but but right a why would you but b my two favorite songs from them before that don't panic and lovers in japan weren't hits right so i should have known that there was gold here you know yeah. But I just, I never, I, I didn't really ever bother to check them out until now. Yeah. And I'm really glad we did. Because mm-hmm. there's, I mean, I truly all eight of these albums have things worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. 
except X and Y. But the thing is, I would say is that, uh, and thank you for the fans who are still listening to us, even while we took a six-month break as well. It's been really incredible to see. We really appreciate it. Uh, and also, I want to say, as much as you know, we love and disparage Coldplay in equal measure, all I can say is that Chris Martin, if you're listening, give us permission to use one of your songs as the theme for a fourth country season. <laughs> That'd be great. We'll let oh you my know. Gosh. Don't panic. Yeah, don't. Oh, oh my God. If we could do that. Good... And watch out of his pure bitterness towards us after hearing this. He's going to give us the rights to use Everglow, and that's it. <laughs> uh, just, just to spite us, that motherfucker. It. He's not the nicest it. guy in rock anymore. Can't do it. Uh, in the meantime, though, guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, leave a review. Let us know. Throw a comment in the Twitter, in the Facebook, in the SoundCloud, in the iTunes, in whatever Apple Music review thing. I don't know how you're listening to it, but you're listening to it. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Mitch, Taryn, as always, always. Keep on listening. Have a good one, guys. Good.